right now we coach students, we uh, just kind of take them through the whole process. And it's really students that feel like their uh, stories impossible, I guess, mm -hmm. is, is a good way to say it. Uh, students that have low GPAs and uh, or students who have been rejected multiple times. So the big question is, how can physical therapists create a successful career earning six figures or more and give patients the care they need without relying on insurance companies for reimbursement? If you want to learn the answers to those questions and more, then you've come to the right place. My name is Dr. Aaron LeBauer, physical therapist, business coach, serial entrepreneur, and author of the Cash PT Blueprint. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, what's up? Welcome back to the Cash PT Lunch Hour podcast. I'm your host, again, Aaron LeBauer. I mean, who would have thought? But today, my special guest is Joseph Scoogie, and I want to bring Joseph on the show because he's crushing it. He's doing what most people really want to be able to do, and Joseph is doing it. I've known Joseph for quite a few years. He's helping pre-PTs get into PT school so they can sure. be just like us. So welcome, <laughs> Joseph, to the show. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you, you very here. much. Appreciate you. Appreciate yeah. you. Looking forward to it. Yeah, 100%. Well, I had your business partner, Casey, on the show a few months ago, and uh, I was yeah. like, I knew you were having a baby, so I was like, I got to wait till after baby comes <laughs> around to get some attention from Joseph. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's awesome, man. So tell me um, or tell us, you know, what is it you're doing right now? Who are you helping? What are you guys helping people do? Oh, yeah. So um, so, so I'm a physical therapist, but, but right now um, our aim is to help students get into PT school. Mm -hmm. uh, it's something we've been doing since for a while. We used to do it in person since 2014 and then um, online since 2017. But uh, right now we coach students. We uh, just kind of take them through the whole process. And it's really students that feel like their uh, stories impossible, I guess, mm -hmm. Is a good way to say it. Uh, students that have low GPAs and uh, or students who have been rejected multiple times and feel like they love physical therapy and this is how they want to serve people, but they just have run out of options and they've been told basically to pick something else. So right. um, those are the students we help get into PT school because it's not impossible. It's just that yeah. most people don't know how. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. What? Um, Why did you guys start this? Like. I mean, especially if, if y'all haven't listened to Casey's episode, go to listen to it. But I mean, Joseph, you probably have a little bit different, you know, version of this. Like what, yeah. where did this come from? Because I think you kind of did it first and then Casey yep. was a year behind you, right? Yeah, yeah. So so, so basically what happened, um, long story short, is my sophomore year in, as a pre-PT, like my sophomore year in college, uh, five of my friends were basically around the same time told by our advisor to not pursue PT anymore. Uh, which I later realized is a very common. Um, and the reason was the fact that um, their GPAs were a little lower, but this is their sophomore year, which now looking back, I'm just like, what? So like they had time, they hadn't even graduated yet. And uh, but basically the advisor kind of looked into the future and just assumed that they would never be qualified. And um, an advisor who had never been to PT school um, basically told them they shouldn't do it. Right. Uh, and so they switched their career path. I knew their reasons for getting into the profession. Um, and I was on that path as well. And so I, it, it was just really out of frustration. So mm -hmm. I was like, so I, so I basically looked at what I was doing differently. Um, cause I was still going down that path. Um, and the biggest difference I had made was that I was actually just listening to other students that had mm -hmm. already gotten there. So I had a few friends that had just gotten into PT school. I had a few friends that were, uh, applying. And so basically what I did was I was like, how did you guys get through it? Like, how did you guys handle retakes? How did you handle this, that, and the other? And so uh, decided to just create the same thing. I decided right. to create a, a coaching community on our campus in 2014 um, and, and basically do that for other students so that they wouldn't have to feel stuck. Uh, and over time though, we started realizing that that was actually helping students get in right. to PT school. And so uh, 2017, I was getting ready to graduate from PT school and Casey, uh, who had been one of the coaches in that program, uh, back when we did it in person, basically joined the team. And in 2017, we decided to partner up and uh, take it online because I wasn't going to be there anymore. I was moving. I was going to be a PT within a few months. Uh, and so we decided to take it online and it has been uh, a beast. Like That's we awesome. did not anticipate that it would be what it is now, but yeah. uh, basically we're doing that for quite a few students. Hell yeah, man. So um, 
let me go back before I highlight a couple of things so people understand. Like one, you had a problem and you solved yeah. it, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So were you told like, don't apply to PT school, your grades aren't good enough? Or was it just the people around you being told that? Um, I was never told that, but I also didn't ask that question. Mm -hmm. so, 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 so I just never, it really wasn't an option for me to not become a physical therapist, uh, yeah. which is not the norm for most. Uh, but they had asked, they were struggling mm -hmm. and they were just kind of like, where do you see me? And they were told that they would not have a good shot. So they should just quit and yeah. find something else. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's the truth. Have, I mean, have you, I mean, did you have, I mean, did you have like 3.0 GPA in college? Uh, my GPA wasn't the lowest, yeah. uh, but, but, but I really do think it's just the fact that I just never, um, I never believed that, you know, even with the classes that I struggled with, like chemistry and physics and all that stuff, I just never believed that there was like an end of the line. You know, if my grades are bad, that's it. I just always felt like there was another way. Like, why it, not? Uh, I, I don't know what it was. I, I think it's probably just from the people I surrounded myself with, but mm -hmm. um, I just felt like if I was failing in a class, there was always a way to navigate that, whether mm -hmm. that was retaking it, whether that was me not leveraging the people around me, whether it was me not building the relationships with professors that I needed to. Uh, and and I, I've just always had, I don't know where that comes from, but I've always just had this belief that there's no there's always a solution there. Right. There's always some way it, it might not be the solution you want in the moment. It might not be fun because it's always going to be hard work, but there's always a solution. And I think I've just carried that and that's what kind of kept me afloat. But I realized that a lot of people do not have that. Mm -hmm. And so they, they, they really needed someone to kind of tell them, Hey, this is how to do it. Let's find some solutions. Let's find people to help you find the solutions because they found them for themselves. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Like if you really want something, you'll do whatever it takes to get it. Every time. Yeah. Every time. Yep. So do you see a lot of people who don't really want it and they just take no as the like word and answer and they just quit? Oh yeah. <laughs> like you have to want it enough. You know, that that's one of the first things, even with patients, like patients, physical therapists, uh, you know, students, that's the first thing I asked them is I was like, why in the world do you want this? Like mm -hmm. then the question I always ask afterwards is I was like, okay, what would you, like, what would your backup plan be? Like, I always want to know, like, are they, are they just kind of doing this just because they were told because they saw it on some lists, you know, on Google. Right. Um, and then I say, what would your backup plan be? And the, what I'm always looking for is I'm looking for how serious they are about whatever this goal is, because there's multiple ways to do things, right? Mm -hmm. You can succeed in different ways. You could say, you know, it, you know, as a clinician, as a business owner, as a whatever, but how badly do you want this? Because when things get difficult, when we have to take some detours, are you going to be locked in enough on what you want to, to be willing to go through that? And so, right. uh, so yeah, a lot of people just quit too early. Uh, I don't think- What is the most common answer to that question? Like to, to, what's, to your question? Backup, what's your backup plan? Um, uh, PTA. Mm -hmm. PTA is the most common one. And then after that, it's uh, be a trainer. Yeah. So they, they want to stay within the same profession, but there's this assumption that PTA is going to be easier and then train is going to be easier than that, which mm -hmm. those are all tough in different ways. You know, if, if that's not your passion, right. you know, and so. Uh, Does anyone come on and be like, oh, the other option is to go work something, do something completely outside of the profession or realm? Um, I haven't seen that. Uh Typically with someone that is thinking something way outside the box, they have tried it, you know, they've, it's usually reverse. It's usually yeah. students that are non-traditional that have gone down a completely different path and are like, oh, now I want to be a physical right, therapist. Right. Yeah. Cause I had some classmates in PT school that were, were over the cadaver lab. I'm like, isn't that like, cause I was a massage therapist before if people listening don't remember that. And I'm like, oh, look, the pterygoid muscle. Oh, that's so exciting. Like, oh, and they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, you know, in a different conversation, I was like, why are you here? They're like, well, I mean, I had an exercise sports science degree. I mean, what else was I supposed to do? I'm like, anything you want. Yep. Anything. That's just, I don't think people will realize that they can, uh, options are endless, but anyway. Yeah. yeah. Like I had a history degree, you know, and wow. I mean, I was just told, uh, I went to the pre-med meeting yeah. and was told, uh, 95% of you won't be here next year. Like, well, not in school, but at, in pre-med. And, really? and she was right. I wasn't there, but I hated that. I was like, why do you gotta be like, my reason for not being there was because I didn't want to spend four hours a day doing organic chemistry. And I wanted That's to have fair. a life. That's fair. 
Right. So how, like, why, why are you so passionate about this? Like what, why did you become a PT and how do you know, or why did you know that like you were going to do whatever it takes to be a PT? Um, so why I became a PT and why I'm so passionate about this, it's two different reasons. So why I decided to become a PT was uh, basically my whole life. So, so I was born in Kenya. Um, and, and so my whole life, my options have always been uh, whether my parents intended for this, I don't know if this is like a immigrant thing, but my options were always um, doctor, lawyer, engineer. I later found out there was a lot of people that were told the same things. Yeah. And so I just felt like I, like I always had this predetermined path. And I, I just never felt called to any of them, but I just felt like, well, I guess this is what successful business you know, professionals look mm -hmm. like, right? They have to be a physician, a lawyer, or, or an engineer. Um, and, and in high school, I actually had an interaction with one PT by accident. Um, and basically what my response was, she gets paid to do that. Like it was just a reflection of all the things I loved. I, mm -hmm. I loved interacting with human beings, like spending time with, 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 with people. I, I, I loved solving problems. It's just how my brain works. Um, I love movement. I love just everything she said. I was like, that's what I would do for fun. But I just didn't understand that that was actually a profession. That, that was my first introduction to it. So once I realized that there was something that allowed me to be myself and allowed me to really, really serve people in that way, um, I was glued. Uh, you know, I did my research, I, I shadowed and all that stuff just to make sure, but I was glued. So from there, I've never really turned like mm -hmm. I've just been locked. I was like, there's nothing else out there that just matches, you know, my personality. So for me now, my reason for what I do today is really because I just believe that there's other people out there, regardless of what their reason is mm -hmm. that feel that strongly about becoming physical therapists. Yep. And if I feel that strongly about becoming a PT and then someone has the audacity to come down the line and tell me that my dream is impossible. And they're not even willing to show me some route. Like they're just like, no, just, just do something else. Mm -hmm. Now I'm having to live out my career doing something that someone else suggested for me, but it's my career. Like I'm the one that's having to go in, clock in, you know, do whatever I need to do. But if it's not lined up with what, with the way I want to serve people and in a way that actually pumps me up, because I mean, Aaron, you already know, like when we enjoy what we're doing, when we enjoy who we're serving, we give at such a high level, right? Like the, the quality of care that we provide, whether it's virtual or in person is so so amazing. But if you don't have that, then you'll just kind of clock in, clock out. And I just, I, I just feel like that's a disservice to you as a professional. And, and it's a disservice to whoever is served by you if you don't have that. So um, that's my reasoning for getting into the profession, but why I do what I do and why I'm so pumped about what I do, because my job is to like every single day, try to figure out if, if there's someone else that I can help basically keep that dream alive by not just pumping them up with with hype, but more so saying, Hey, there's a way let's figure it out. Let's trust it. Let's do the work. And then let's see what happens. Oh, man, that's so awesome. That's powerful. <clears throat> so, um, I mean, one thing I want to point out to people listening is that you and Casey were making money in the physical therapy profession while you're in PD school. Yes, sir. Even in <laughs> almost an under, almost an undergrad, but I mean, were you, were you still undergrads at the point where you monetize this or was it just PT school? We were in PT school when we started monetizing. So everyone's like, yeah. one, when you're in PT school, you shouldn't have another job. And two, it's impossible for PT students to like help anyone and make any money. And you really need five years of experience to do anything. And you're only a few years out of PT school, right? Yeah. I'm currently three years out. Three years yeah. out. Yeah. And you're, Crushing it, but you were doing, you guys had this business set up in PT school to help other people. Yes, like sir. one, like, I think that's amazing Two, I'm sure everyone told you it was a horrible idea. And three, I know you put yourself around people that supported you. Yeah. So, um, like, but so many people don't know that those possibilities exist. Yeah. Right. So how did you go about figuring it out or finding the right people to help you basically accomplish what you guys are doing? I mean, was it only like, did you only do it by yourself? Were you guys just like, hey, we're just gonna sit in the library and figure this out and read, you know, 100 year old books and figure out how to run a business and help people? Or like, what did you do? And what was the first step when you realized you needed, you know, like you needed something more to help you move as fast? Oh my, yeah. First thing is, 
if you ever want to do anything fast, leverage the experiences of someone else that's already done it. That's just, that's a no brainer. Like if it's a coach, if it's a friend who's done it, a mentor, whoever, uh, because if, if I hadn't, and I'll tell you how we did it, but if I hadn't, um, where we are today would have taken so much uh, to be honest, I don't think we would have gotten this far ever because we would have given up, right? Because there, there, there's so many other things that we needed someone that had gone through it to help us understand. No, 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 this is not bad. This is actually like just teaching you something. So use it this way. And, and you know, and, and now it's obviously, you know, worked out on the back end. But um, Casey actually was being coached by Greg Todd. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so he was, he was kind of coaching people with just teaching them how to put themselves online and, you know, how to add value to themselves as, you know, future physical therapists or current physical therapists. And um, he became my coach as well. And basically we just listened to him. We were introduced to you as well. We were introduced to, uh, to a few other people in the profession that were just doing it. And that's all we needed. We needed mm-hmm. people that we, we were able to watch from afar. So like, I remember the first time I, 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 I messaged you cause I was like, Whoa, this guy's like, I was absorbing all your content. I was absorbing, you know, Greg's content and then several other people. And it was just this idea that these are people that are physical therapists. You blew my mind because you were basically went to PT school and then did not work for anyone as a physical therapist. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, that's even possible. So you just all broke so many barriers for us, mental barriers for us. And all we did was just kind of follow the path. And when we felt stuck, we were just like, okay, who can help me with this? And if, if Greg could, if, if whoever could, that's how we did it. Um, but, but it's, 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 I guess one way to think about it is it, it just shortens up the timeline of what it would have taken to figure out business. Cause I always thought you need like a business degree or whatever, whatever else. And you really don't, you know, right. I think business is about people. It's understanding how people think. Um, it's understanding how to solve problems. It's understanding how to be, you know, how to use your resiliency and creativity and, you know, just your humanness to put yourself out there uh, and, and, and show people that you can help them and then show, show them how, bring them into your world, serve them, obviously for money, you know, and it's a, you know, and it's a business and, and, and doing that over and over and over again, you get better, uh, you're able to serve a lot more people and uh, it's a win-win. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Like, that's so true. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where I'm just like, fuck yeah, you know, like, congrats. I mean, the, 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 I know there are people out there that are doing it and it's not easy. And for everything that I heard people tell me, like, I know other people are hearing it too, because I'm not the only one. And it's so awesome and refreshing to see more and more people these days and more and more DPT students and new grads, like start businesses and, and start helping other people because, we have a ton of knowledge and gifts. We just have to actually be empowered to use those, right? What's 100%. the number? Yeah. What's the number one thing like with the with the students you're helping through the uh, through PT pre PT grind? What's the number one like problem or misconception that they have? And yeah, um, that that their past failures, whether it's low GPA or being rejected before are a predictor of what will happen in the future. Mm-hmm. It's really that simple. Um, so if they feel like they've had too low of a GPA, lower than what they're told is the norm, lower than a 3.0, um, you know, if they've been rejected before, if they struggle with things like the GRE and all that stuff, they just kind of take that on as their identity. And they're like, well, this is just kind of who I am. This just means that I'll never be qualified to do blank. I'll, I'll never be qualified to get into a PT program. And um, that's the first thing we have to knock out of the park and just say, like, that's not true. You know, does it like, are we going to be passive about it and just kind of sit here and no, like we, we there, there's work to be done. I mean, mm-hmm. anytime there's a problem, there's work to be done, but, but it's, it's showing them that, that that's not the truth at all. And, and, and I, I have stories of students we've coached, like students that have had 2.4 GPAs when they started working with us, students that have been rejected four years in a row. Like all the things that people thought were like not possible, it's just using that and saying, there's a path, let's let's figure it out together, but but, but don't hold yourself back. What's the like lowest GPA or score? I mean, what that you guys help people get into school with? Um, 
2.4 is the one that, that, that comes to mind. Um, what is that? Is that like a C? I mean, is 2.4 equal like a C? I mean, how does that work these days? 2.4, yeah, it's like a C or below. So, so, so let me clarify. So that 2.4 was where the student started, right? Okay. So obviously, you know, the GPA that you can change the most is your prerequisite GPA because it's a few different classes. Mm -hmm. um, and so someone starts there, feels like they're stuck there. Um, they may need to retake some classes and we teach them how to actually retake those classes and crush them because part of it was the fact that they didn't even know how to study. Right. They didn't know how to deal with all of that stuff. But by the time they apply, they've controlled everything that they could possibly control. They've applied to schools that would be a match for them because not mm -hmm. every school needs you to have a 3.7 GPA, right. right? So which school is a match for you? How do we leverage those things? How do we use relationships with the pro? Like there, there's so many other layers, but but yeah, um, yeah. 2.4. Yeah, I had a, um, for full disclosure, I, I've shared this on your podcast when I was a guest, but I only got one point more right on the GRE than I needed. Like it was like, you need a thousand and I don't know what scale they're on now, but 10 years ago or 12, 12 it was 13 years ago when I applied, it was like, you need a thousand on the GRE and a 3.0 in your prerequisites. And I was like, oh good, I'm good at math and science. So I got the 3.0 and I got the 1010 on the GRE, you know, and I went to Elon, it was a newer program, it was on rolling admissions at the time. And I like barely squeaked in. And they all told me, all the pre, everyone was like, you have to have a three or 3.0 or more on your prerequisites and they have to be taken in the last 10 years. And I was 12 years out of PT, out of, out of undergrad. And I called and I was like, is this true? Like, you're going to make me go back to school for two years. They're like, no, just apply. But you know, it wasn't like that easy. Are you guys also helping like people with second careers, you know, get into PT school and do that kind of stuff? Or I'd say about 40% of our mm -hmm. students that we coach are in their second career. Uh, we yeah. have students that have been uh, seven years out, seven years out when they started like taking even prerequisite classes because yeah. they were like in a completely different career, right? Yeah. Um, students that have been 10 years out, students in their um, early to mid thirties, forties uh, that are just trying to transition into physical therapy. And yeah, those hurdles are still there. Right. Uh, right. You know, expired prerequisites or whatever <laughs> they call them. Uh, but yeah, that is all there. Yeah, I'm like, well, just cause I took biology in 1990, six 95 doesn't mean like i don't know what like uh carbon and or like dirt looks like or an amoeba <laughs> like does that really matter um what is uh like so now that you guys have been doing this for long enough you've got people graduating pt school probably already in the last few years right uh we have so for the people that we coached in person mm -hmm. on my campus uh yes they there are they're all pts but uh, the people that from our online business, they're mm -hmm. about to graduate. Oh, so wow. our first, our first group of clients in that program are about to, you know, yeah. get their doctorate degree. So it's a yeah. pretty surreal moment. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Um, do you guys have anything like in place for them? Like, or is it like you help you get into school and then like that's it? Or are you guys helping people through school? Do you guys have like other kind of parts of your program that you're? you know, like you help people get into school. Is that it? Or is it, you know, now that they're graduating or getting into school, is it kind of the same? Like, like, I don't know, like, I don't even know what else you guys are doing. beyond. Yeah. That part. Good question. So, uh, twofold. So we've like developed some partnerships with other mm -hmm. people that help with the different parts of the journey through mm -hmm. PT school and after PT school. Um, so, so we don't do all of it because, you know, we've pretty much specialized in, uh, PT school acceptance um, and just because that's our niche right now but we've just done a good job of just partnering up with people and saying okay once you're done here this is your next step because right. we don't want our students to feel like okay now what you know so they have guidance all the way through uh, but one thing that we have really also used a lot is we coach people on like like the financial aspect of it mm -hmm. as well um, because a, a big problem for people is uh, school debt um, schools are too expensive. If you're asking me, I think they're way too expensive. It's, yeah. it's, it's nonsensical, but, uh, but, but how to deal with that, how to deal with, you know, making more money while you're in school. So we have students that have, you know, cut off $60,000 of what they would have initially paid for school because of what we've taught them. So we have that aspect to help them financially get through school. 
Uh, but in regards awesome. to like the academic portion of it, yeah. um, we've partnered up with people that can help them get guidance all the yeah. way through. So, that so you guys have your specialty. And then when yeah. you're like, okay, you're past this specialty, we're just going to send you to the next person. Exactly. Right. And it's just yeah. kind of like, that's our job as PTs. Like I yeah. can help you with your musculoskeletal <laughs> injury, but as soon as you need surgery, you're going here. But if you really need nutrition, I'll probably send you to the, you know, dietitian or partner exactly. with those pieces. Exactly. Yep. That's awesome. So what are the um i got one or two more questions just kind of like about how you guys run the program is it is the thing that people struggle with the most is it the test not just the scores but the test taking and studying strategies that maybe they didn't learn or is there something else that's unique to our profession that you know um that, that people need in order to get the right scores and get in and then thrive as a physical therapist i think it's I think it's two things. Um, so, so, so the, the know-how, yes, I mean, that's common. Uh, but I think a lot of it is just the belief and accountability. That's mm -hmm. what people really struggle with. Um, because um, one thing I always tell people is don't be an information junkie. And what I mean when I tell them that is, you know, we got so many students that like are, are in different forums and they're following us, they're following other schools, they're following all, all they're doing is getting all of this information and all it does is just make them more anxious because they're doing nothing right. with it. Right. And when you have information overload and you do nothing with it, you're not going to get anywhere. And so, um, so I tell them, do not be an information junkie, figure out what you need to do. And then if you don't feel like you have the environment to do it, then find that environment. If it's us, great. If it's not, that's fine. Just make sure you have people that can hold you accountable. They can make sure that you're doing the things. And so, that's really what I see it being like, you know, it's, it's the know-how and then the accountability. And that's why we structure our program the way we do, because mm -hmm. it's really, the, I mean, it's like patients, right? We could tell them, we could teach them, right? But if we don't hold them accountable, then they're not going to be able to stay long enough to even realize that you're saving them from having to have surgery. You're saving them from having to, you know, be, you know, be a victim, you know, like, like hang on to their medications for the rest of their lives, right? Like, they won't realize it if we don't hold them accountable. So I think it's the same things at every stage, whenever he, it's like a human problem, right? Like as human beings, we need to know how, we want to know that, that there's a path. We want to know how, how that path works, but we also need a system that allows us to actually like do the thing. And, right. and for many people, it's just accountability. That's awesome. So um, I want to share, I would love to ask you some questions and have you share kind of like how you set this up. Cause a lot of people listening are like, well, how do I, you know, sit up and, like an online business, one that allows you to move. You're not really even treating patients at this point, you no, know, it's like, no. so how do we do that? So where did you guys start? Can you just give me a little overview? Did you start with like in a course, you kind of have like a mentorship or coaching piece? Like, can you just kind of share, like, how did it start? Is anything changed? And what are the couple like pieces of your value ladder that you have that, you know, are working and how you're moving people through this process? Great question. Um, so uh, we started, so, so obviously after we became a business, because you got to legalize everything, right? right? But, um, you know, we started by, first of all, uh, creating a Facebook group. That was how we started, you know, just kind of find one thing that you can use to bring in people and serve them. Uh, start a Facebook group and a podcast. That's all we did. So basically it was just research. Like we really did it for research. Like mm -hmm. I think a lot of people thought we were just there to so, no, I, I asked so many questions. I was just trying to figure out like, where, like, what were they really struggling with? They're not with me in person, you know, in person, right. I can always ask you all the questions I need, but um, it was more so research to figure out where were people really stuck. Um, mm -hmm. And so once we did that, we transitioned into a course. Uh, at that time, it was called the Pre-PT Success Program, I think is what we called it. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so it started into a course um, and we used that course to basically put, like, take people on a path from basically not knowing anything to being in a position where they felt like they had some sense of control over what they could do. Right. And also a community to, to help them go through it. And so, um, over time though, um, that has grown, uh, you know, that little course is now a coaching program with, uh, over 300 people in it right now. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's the investments even changed, you know, so what people pay for it is, is 10 X what it originally costed. Uh, but basically now we coach them through group settings. They have individual coaches that they're matched up with. Um, our biggest things right now is to give them clarity first, because we believe that 
to get accepted into PT school, there's really three things that most people struggle with. It's clarity, not knowing where they're at and what they need to do, what their game plan is going to be. Confidence, confidence being from actually knowing the pieces, right? Like when, when I do this, how does this work? Like that gives you confidence. Like if I, like as a business owner, if I know what I'm doing, right? If I know that what I'm going to communicate is going to help you, or if I, you know, like I have more confidence in communicating it. So building real genuine acceptance, confidence, and then control, controlling the things that they can control Mm -hmm. um, and teaching them how to control their application and also their career. So um, that's what we take them through now, but um, that's our top program. Like, and and it's, it's, you know, um, but in between there, we have our value ladder starts from uh, cheat sheets that we have, you know, for free. We have a uh, virtual observation hours program that we built this year because of COVID-19. So a lot of students were not able to, you know, go shadow PTs in person. So basically we have them shadow us and we give them hours right now. We have 1700 people in that. Nice. That's, that's for free. Right. So, but then what's happening is you're giving them a level of value that they don't get anywhere else. And so now they're able to go to the next stage and their next stage is uh, we have a free series that we give them called the acceptance navigator series. Once they finish that, then if they feel like they're ready to take control of their acceptance, we actually schedule a call, like have them schedule, a, you know, like a consultation call. Let, let's help you figure out where you're at. And then if they're a match to work with us, they go into our top level program or they go into one of our other services that's better match for them. Uh, but in a, in a basic structure, that's our business model. That's how we've been able to uh, really serve a lot of people, but really bring them in because you always have to have a flow of clients and, but you also have to get a lot of what they want and what they really haven't seen anywhere else. And so, um, yeah, I hope that answered the question. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And you guys have, so you have other coaches working with students, right? You got it. And are they paid coaches? Are they doing this as like free? How's that? We pay our coaches. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So you've leveraged your time. Yeah. A lot of it. (laughs) Really what my time is spent on now is, um, creating. So, so, creating content um, or, or ideas for content because we have a team right now that takes care of all the other stuff. Um, you know, it's spent on selling. So mm-hmm. finding ways to actually market and sell because I just feel like as the business owners right now for myself and Casey, that's our job. Our job is to bring more people into our world and then bring them through the system. Like I don't really want to be on the back end of it right now because I feel like it'll take away from us getting more people into mm-hmm. our world. So, yeah. uh, so yeah, having coaches buys back a lot of time. Yeah. That's powerful. So how'd you figure that part out? That's what I want to know. Like everyone, like I know people on here, like, you know, he's not even 30, right. You're like 28 or something. Right? What are 26, you 26, right. Yeah. Yep. He's at home with his newborn baby business yep. is running, helping people mm-hmm. like I've been doing this, like, like how do like i mean i i know how but i want to know like how'd you figure this part out and how'd you come to the realization that this is something you could do to get more time more money more income man part of it's just you know belief is created by watching other people Mm -hmm. um so so having seen other people that did similar things just gave me the belief that it was feasible uh the fact that we could i could sit here literally exactly where i'm sitting as we record this do a training and in three hours make between 70 to a hundred thousand dollars. Like that, that stuff was only possible because of watching other people do it. And so once I saw that someone else could do that, I'm like, why not? And it's also understanding that, you know, obviously the more people you help, like it's okay to get a lot of money. You know, it's that, it's that relationship with money and all that stuff. But, uh, but, but, but also I still have really close connections with other people that have completely different business models. I used to think that I only needed to put myself around people that did their business the same way as me, but it mm-hmm. limited how I thought about what I, what I could do. You know, obviously I leveraged that, but yep. have people that have different business models. And so when we're talking with each other about what's working and when, what's not working, then we're able to pull from each other and say, whoa, like that's, that's unique. So one person was like, I don't, I don't only do webinars. I actually have a process where I give them exactly what they're looking for. It gives them so much value that they're looking for the next thing, but I give it to them, right? And then and, and then I take them through a training process where I'm helping them break their false beliefs. And if they feel like they want to now take action, I give them the option. And that option is to actually, you know, talk with us on the phone. And because it's a, 
it, it, it's not a cheap program for pre-PTs. I know that it's easier to sell someone on something on the phone if we're able to talk about what's going on and able to really create a game plan. And so um, that was just from that process, just listening to people that I was watching, you know, watching for belief, listening for what's already working, and then also putting myself around business owners that were crushing it, but also doing it differently so that I could figure out like, are there other ideas out there that really allow us to uh, not only bring people into our world, but also get clients, like a lot of clients on the back end for um, high ticket offers. But Joseph, you could have easily been like, that's not possible for me, right? <laughs> like, so I mean, let me just like, right? Because you can see, I've had this yeah. same thing where I was like, that, there's no way I can do that. And then, you know, I hung out uh, with Paul Goff one day and I was like, oh, I see exactly how I can do it because he spoke my language, right? You know, and cause like, I mean like, you know, is, was there like a time, was there a moment where you were like, oh, this is the person or this is the moment where I knew this was possible for Joseph versus like, it's not possible for, or because, you know, I'm just, I'm asking because it may not be true this way, but this happens for a lot of people. They, they don't see the possibility, even though it's right in front of them. Yeah. You know, like our, our inability to see the possibility is basically because of how we've been trained, right? Like mm. how we've been trained to think. And I think part of that's our upbringing, part of that's our, you know, like our, our past experiences, right? So one of my biggest roadblocks was how I saw money. I always saw, saw mm. money as the bad thing, right? I, mm -hmm. I saw that, you know, if, if you were, if you were successful financially, you had to cheat the system. You were a scam artist, you were, you know, doing things that were shady. And in order to be a good, you know, helpful citizen to humanity, you needed to be broke basically. Um, until I learned from a guy that was the opposite of those things. And, and that's Greg. Greg was my first kind of light bulb moment. And then I met you and then I met Paul and I was like, what? Like these guys are amazing human beings. So they're clearly not trying to cheat some system they're, they're they just believe that the more people they serve the more lives they're able to change that actually equates to how much they're able to make and it's okay for them to make a lot of money like money is good it's a tool that helps them not only buy their time back not only you know build beautiful lives for their families but also help even more people and, and so once i started seeing that and, and, and putting a face to people that i trusted your, with yourself included that was my first like indication that, yo, like I'm actually like I'm lying to myself. Yeah. I need to make sure that like, if I, if my goal is to really take care of as many people as possible, then I need to be willing to do that and, and do it in a way that um, really allows my family to be okay uh, for even generations. Right. But also for it to really generate a lot of impact. And that's perfectly fine. That's, that's a beautiful thing. So um, that's where my light bulb kind of switched. But even today, I mean, I'll be honest, like, I still read a lot of books, I still, I, I, I still absorb a lot of content, I still listen to people that are doing things that, like, I think are impossible still, right? Because the more what I realized is, and I don't know, like, how you feel about this, but what I realized is whatever we expose ourselves to more, or enough times always makes sense. Yeah, right. If I feel like something is impossible, it's because I've exposed myself to that thought or maybe a, my community believes that right so whatever i'm exposed to more always makes sense so my thing is well my goal is to help a ton of people okay my goal is to also help my family have a lot of freedom right in terms of time in terms of travel in terms of so many other things i want my family to have options that i never had as a kid growing up right and so and I also want to show my family and my relatives and my siblings what's possible right if they just dream and they just go for it i want to show them that so to do that though, I can't hold on to my previous thoughts of, you know, money being bad or certain things being impossible. So I have to expose myself to people that are doing it so that that becomes my norm, my normal way of thinking. And uh, the more I do that, um, the more I'm able to just put myself out there, myself and Casey. And it's, it's been beautiful. Yeah, it's been awesome. absolutely beautiful. Well, it's like, what I the way I hear what I hear you say, I know what you hear you saying, but it's the, way, the thing that triggers in my head is that what we're doing is we're normalizing what we want rather than normalizing things that we don't want that are negative, that are harmful. Exactly. We're normalizing the good, but it's harder to focus on good things because we're wired to focus on bad things.
Exactly. Right. So we have to go out of our way to put ourselves around people. They're doing something we think is impossible. So it becomes normal. And then why am I not there? Why am I, why am I the only one in the room uh, making seven figures uh, living in Tahiti or yeah. $10 million? Right. But I mean, like part of it too, is when you start taking small steps, I, I think all of us at some point have to just take a step back and think of where we are now and, and realize that, your latest biggest um, accomplishment you thought was possible was impossible at some point. I mean, there, there was a time where I thought surviving high school was going to be impossible, but I was in sixth grade when I thought that. Yeah. Right. And so, but now looking back, high school is, is done, right? Like high school doesn't seem like it was that crazy. Right. And so, so you have to also look back, like even for me, I have to look back at what we've done and, and use it as, as a sign that what I once thought was impossible, which mm -hmm. we've already done, now I should use that to then still approach whatever I now see is impossible and, and, and say, no, 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 it's, it's only impossible because I haven't done it yet, but other people have. So if I could, like what you were saying, normalize it, then, yep. you know, uh, when it does happen, it shouldn't be a big surprise. That's awesome. What's your next impossible goal? Wow. <laughs> My next impossible goal, um, a seven figure, actually that's, that's too small. Let's just put it there. A seven yeah. figure year just from like, like a seven figure year from the business. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. profit, profit. Right. So, profit, so not just, not just gross, no. but no, like take home. doesn't mean much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Profit, profit, seven yeah. figure year profit. Yeah. Do you know how you're going to do that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, that's part of it too. You can't just dream it. You kind of have to, yeah. you know, be able to say, okay, what's it going to take right. for me to do that? Um, yeah. I know the amount of students that it's going to take. I know the process it's going to take. I know the numbers. How um, many students does that require? Um, students to do it the way we're planning it. Um, mm -hmm. In one year, it would take four to 500 students. Yeah. And how many students apply to PT school every year? Uh, you're talking 20 to 30,000 people. Yeah. So a small, like a small fraction. It's such a small fraction. And that's, what's crazy. It's like, when you start thinking, like thinking what that really looks like, you're like, what? <laughs> this mm -hmm. is nothing. And so, uh, but that number that I just gave you is just from one, one stream within our business. And yeah. so, um, so it's so doable. So, so that's our goal for next year. Yeah. That's awesome. So it's basically, you take this goal, like, Hey, I want a million dollars in profit. That yeah. seems crazy, but if we work backwards and we're charging a fair amount, because a lot, a lot, if you're charging too little, it's going to seem even more impossible. But we work yeah. backwards. It's like we just need a couple hundred more people. Yeah, it's, it's not that bad. <laughs> so why is that goal so important to you? Like, what else is that going to allow you to do? What's that going to allow you to? Um, how's that going to allow you to leverage your time and impact and everything? Uh, so, so I think I'll still have my time. Really, why that why that number is special is just because one, I thought it was impossible. Um, yeah. uh, because I honestly don't think I, you know, in terms of in terms of for myself, like like I've already bought my time back. Like mm -hmm. like I have the time I need right now. Um, my my next big thing is my wife is a psychologist, so I want her to be able to um, after this school year that she's in, um, I, I want her to be in a position where she doesn't have to go back. Mm -hmm. uh, to work. Um, she has other dreams as well that we've been talking about. And, uh, you know, that allows her to buy her time as well. Um, and so really that's, that's where my, my goal is, you know, is to really just buy our time to the point where we can, uh, we can, really, I, I also want to just enjoy the, the time that we have with our, with our son, you know, it's mm -hmm. just, um, you know, I grew up in, in, in I, I mean, my parents are phenomenal, phenomenal human beings. Uh, but because of when we came to the U.S., um, they had to work multiple jobs to the point where um, we couldn't spend as much time, you know, at home, you know, because they they were making sure that my siblings and I were OK. Yeah. And so, you know, looking back at that, not only am I grateful for it, but now I'm saying, OK, how can I make sure that I now have time for, for my kid, that I now create that for him or our future kids in the future? And so um that's my biggest thing but mm -hmm. also because i think that number is 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 i used to think it was impossible uh but it also but I, but I, but i flip it too um like i look at the number in terms of what we'll receive 
But I also think about what it does if we're able to help that 500 students get into PT school next year. Like, what is that? What is that doing for them? Like, right. that's part of it too for me. It's like, it's like changing that many lives is such a beautiful goal, um, and it's such a like, like you know, just feeling like every time I get a message from a student, you know, saying they finally got into PT school, hearing hearing them crying on the phone because of their story and their stories are all over the place and, and you know them having that moment of relief and feeling like oh like everything i worked for is actually real like they're pinching themselves because they're still not sure if this is a dream or if it's reality and i'm like 500 of those i would love to help 500 people have that feeling and so, so not awesome. only is it cool financially um uh, but, but 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 i mean i would love to help even more than that yeah. but but it's just one of those things where in your mind you're able to like I like numbers because that now you can work your way backwards and say, mm -hmm. okay, what's that going to take? What's that going to take in terms of effort, in terms of putting ourselves out there? But on the back end, um, those are the things that really, really pump me up. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. I got one more question for you. Um, awesome. We get in my clinic every week. I'm looking for observation hours. I'm looking for observation hours. Can I get some observation hours? Can I get some observation hours? I need observation hours. You know, my clinic's not a typical clinic. It's really hard for me to give someone observation hours, especially with COVID. And uh, and there are a lot of people listening who may have an easier time doing that, but you can only do that with so many people at a time. Like, as a clinic owner, like, what's the what's the best way that I can serve these kids who, like, generally maybe don't even know they really want to go to PT? So that makes it even harder for me to say, yeah, I'm going to dedicate time to you. Like, how do we serve that request in the best way possible that's a really good question you are the first uh clinic owner or physical therapist that's ever asked me that and, and i think it's a great question um so first thing is just to realize that like your time is important first of all because i think sometimes we try to stretch ourselves thin as as professionals because we're trying to make everybody happy uh but but i think the, the best way that especially in that situation that might be amazing is understanding that for them to be <laughs> like one, I would figure out a way to kind of filter the, the students that are coming in. Right. So that, you know, like if they're coming in, like asking them, okay, like, you know, why are they coming in? How, like, like almost like a job interview, but you, you're, you're doing it virtually where you're trying to figure out like how, like how interested they are. They, in learning a non-traditional way of, of going about everything, right? Because looking at things from the business owner standpoint is very different. Um, how, like, how aware they are, like, how, um, how much of a go-getter they are. Because you, you're, you're trying to kind of filter through. Because when you don't have time, you also don't want students that are going to waste your time, right? But it also pre-frames them to come in knowing they're not just going to be pacified. They're, 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 they're coming in to be exposed. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, I've seen, you know, people go as far as, you know, suggesting readings, like case studies, and then, you know, at the end of the week, you know, tell me what your biggest takeaway was. Um, you know, I've seen it from the point of just watch what I do and then write down any question that you have, and then we'll talk about them at a certain period of time. Uh, but there's so many different ways to be creative, you know, with, with the observation hours. It's also realizing that the idea of observation hours can be in so many different facets. Like the way we do it now is we do it through case studies. Like we're, we're helping 1700 students get their hours through case studies. Like I didn't even realize that was possible. Like, like but, but we researched it and realized like case studies, you just like show them like basically a case study of a patient that, you know, you're either currently treating or you have treated, you know, HIPAA and all that stuff, you know, being aware of that. But, but, but then like walking them through how you think as a physical therapist, because in person they can just watch. But, but I think that's probably the best way. Um, there are, you know, like you, you don't have to just sit there with them and say, all right, what are your questions? No, like kind of pre-frame it, pre-set it up. Um, the busier you are, the better your filtering system should be mm -hmm. before they come in. Um, I wouldn't let someone just walk in just cause, cause I have, I've seen students when I was in the clinic that just kind of came dilly daddling, but, but I also, but I had a conversation with them. I was like, listen, if you're going to be here, um, here's how to take advantage of it. Um, but if, if, because we want to make sure that this is a win-win, like don't waste your time and my time, you know what I mean? Um, so I hope that helps. Yeah, dude, that is how, um, what's the, uh, the, the case study program that you have, is that something that like you could sh sh share the link with and I could just say, Hey, Amber, just, if someone's looking for hours, like this is a great resource. 
Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, it's observationhours.com. No way. That's so awesome. <laughs> I was I was laughing because I was like, nobody's taken that yet. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's observationhours.com. Uh, but if a student really needs hours and, and you know, you don't have the ability to, because like, like we said, the priority is the patients, the priority is the business. They're just kind of coming in to see your world. But if you feel like you can't, then that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, um, observationhours.com is the perfect space. All right. Um, that's so dope. I'm going to give that to Amber so she can give that to people. And if you guys oh, are yeah. listening, you get these requests, make sure you <laughs> share that because that sounds awesome. Joseph, uh, where do people find you if they want to connect with you, if they know a student that needs help or someone's listening, they need help getting in PT school, or they just want to figure out like, what are you and Casey doing? That's uh, yeah. like, you're crushing it. Like, how do they get in touch with you and find more about you guys? Uh, two places. So, um, actually lots of places, but the easiest way to, to find us is whatever social media platform they're on, we're also on. Mm-hmm. So, so just tell them to look up pre-PT grind on whatever that is. It could be TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. We're there. Um, and then the second thing is our website because our website just directs them well on yeah. what their next steps should be. So our website is just preptgrind.com. So okay. P-R-E-P-T-G-R-I-N-D.com. Those are the best ways. Uh, but we'll, we're here to serve them in any way that we can. Uh, if their dream is to become a PT, then uh, we're going to do our best to help them make that a reality. Dude, that's awesome. Um, is there any question I didn't ask that you think would be helpful? No, I think you crushed it. I, I, think, you, I think you nailed everything. But, um, but I think at the end of the day, it's just realizing that, you know, one, this is kind of how I live my life is it's just understanding that, you know, there's always an, there, there's always a solution for everything. Like whether we're trying to become business owners, if we're trying to figure things out, you know, because I know everyone, you know, your listeners are, you know, either cash physical therapists or they're trying to get into, you know, into business or, you know, like so many different facets, like there's always a solution. If you feel stuck, there's always a solution. And then two, um, it's understanding that, you know, um, like people, people always have problems. And so your, your, your job is to spend time understanding their problems, like put yourself around them, um, just immerse yourself in their issues uh, and then take them on as your own. And if you can do that, then you'll always succeed in anything that you, uh, that you do. Dude, dude, that's so awesome. Like, <laughs> that's so great. Well, Joseph, thanks so much for being here on the show. I really appreciate you. I appreciate you. This was amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, this is the Cash PT Lunch Hour and it's Aaron LeBauer and Joseph Googie just saying, uh, go out there and, and crush your goals, set a high bar. And uh, I think my big lesson from Joseph is pay it forward and you're going to win in the end. So always. We'll, we'll see you guys on the next show. Thanks so much. Hey, what's up? It's Aaron. Real quick, if you're just starting a cash-based physical therapy practice or you already have one and you want to learn how to grow it and scale it, this is for you. I just released my brand new book, The Cash PT Blueprint, because I want to get this book in the hands of every physical therapist out there. I want to give it away to you for free. All I ask is that you pay a little bit of shipping and handling, and you'll not only get the steps to create your own cash practice, but the tools to grow it and scale it beyond what everyone else thinks is possible. To snag your copy right now, go to cashptblueprintbook.com. That's C-A-S-H-P-T-B-L-U-E-P-R-I-N-T-B-O-O-K.com. And we get your copy, give me a shout out somewhere on social media, and we'll talk to you soon.